Welcome to the Security Box. This is podcast number 42. I'm Jared Reimer, and I think I've got two very interesting topics. And while the live program didn't yield any comments, we are allowing everybody to comment, even if they've come and gone through the live program. One of these topics is the ongoing saga over at Experian. We know they had a big time breach, but do we really know what else is going on at the company? Brian has the entire details and those will be linked in the show notes. And finally, in the topic department, We know ransomware has taken a big toll during the pandemic, and there is no slowing down in that department. According to CyberScoop, demands are higher by 43% so far in 2021. We'll talk about it. I'll also give you some news and notes, although it may be dated. Your questions or comments are always welcome, so please get in touch. You can email or iMessage me at any time by using my station or tech email addresses, which is J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com or tech at menby.org. Or you can also text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975. Don't have a WhatsApp and still want to leave a voice message? Call 623-263-8934 and follow the prompts when you are connected. I hope you enjoy the program as much as I have putting it together for you. The Security Box Podcasted Edition is coming right up. As part of 98.6 The Mixes, independent artist channel. The opinions expressed are those of the show hosts and may not necessarily be of any company in which the show hosts may represent. Welcome to Jared's shop. May I take your order for a username and password? The sign says Jared's shop. It said nothing about usernames and passwords. Yes, sir. Usernames, 
passwords, credit card information, all sorts of breach data, you name it, you've got it here at Jared's shop. Well, that sounds lovely, but I really only wanted to pick up a USB drive. Well, sorry, sir, but the USB drives come with all sorts of data, all for sale right here, right now. At the asking price of at least $100. Well, USB drives start at least at 10 bucks. I need a USB drive so that I can store some data on it of my own, such as audio book files from the library, maybe some backups of some other stuff. And if need be, I'd like to be able to send some stuff to some people and they only have the capacity of receiving them through flash drives. So I need blank ones. Well, sorry, sir, but we don't have any blank flash drives here. If we did, whatever you wanted from usernames, passwords, and more can be put on these drives but at a premium cost. Sorry, sir, I'm not interested in that. I'll just have to find another shop. Welcome to the security box. The security box with Jerry Primer on KKNX. Security box is here, and I hope everyone will enjoy. And if you're coming and going throughout today's program, I will make sure it's available. And I do have quite a bit of catch-up to do. I have decided that I am going to go ahead and continue to upload the security box to the. SendSpace account and allow people to utilize it if they wish. Um, it's not necessarily about the numbers. 
Although, I would like to see people download it if they need it, but that's not what this is about. Um, Menvi needs it for a more secure way of doing some uh, file sharing so the service is of value. And I will be making some changes tomorrow um, so that uh, I can pay for it every six months. So, uh, because of that, and since Space was having problems uh, last week, we didn't get the show notes up. And remember, <clears throat> because of the 4,000 character limit, there was a discrepancy. I was giving the RSS feed one set of show notes, while the blog had you know, all of the details, which I would read anyway, as I would assist it in our discussions. And so, uh, what I'm going to do is just link to any articles and things we talk about in the show notes and allow um, me to utilize my show notes the way I need to and uh, mark things down so that... uh, I have a point of reference of what I'm trying to say. And I write them down in my own thoughts, but I don't have to like read it word for word. I could read it and then, you know, decide if I'm just going to read it that way or if I'm going to change it up. But at least it, it'll aid me. So that's where we are there. So we will be getting uh, everything caught up and then uh, I'm going to try <coughs> and uh, get stuff posted to the blog. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of time as of late between this show and my other shows and things, but I'm going to have to try and make time. Uh, it's not fair that I have a blog and I only post show notes up there. And there was something of interest that Sean posted. Um, if people go up to the blog, the shortened URL is jaredtech.help. So I've got a, a couple of very interesting topics today. And my first article that we're going to talk about, experience credit freeze security is still a joke. So, (coughs) we know that uh, the problems uh, the credit agency started when they had a breach. And they created a site, and uh, it was just as bad as what happened before, right? So, you would go to this page, and they'd ask you all of these questions, and it would error out. I mean, this was talked about, like, on Security Now, and I'm I'm sure other blogs and, and places talked about it. So, they haven't learned 
You know, it seems as though Experian hasn't learned anything about what they've not done in the past few years since we've learned about their breach, right? They haven't done anything, especially since it's several years after the catastrophe. And we're still talking about their lack of security when it comes to credit freezes. So, before I really read what I wrote, you remember if you search credit freezes, you're going to probably find a bunch of articles talking about the various problems that have happened. And uh, not only will you read about Equifax and their problems, but if my memory serves me correctly, uh, we've got all three credit bureaus having problems. <coughs> and these guys basically have everything you can ever want. And that's kind of sad, right? I don't even collect your information anymore when you sign up with me. Uh, I just got another customer and updated my FreshBooks account and I added them and they chose how they were going to pay and uh, all of that. Now, I know when I talked to them that they said they were going to make some changes and so forth. Uh, so only one of these needs to be checked. And I think what I'm going to end up doing is making PayPal the default. And... Uh, we know PayPal can take credit cards and they're telling me it's a much simpler interface. So we'll see. So You can find about these types of issues, which, you know, I'm a small business, right? I don't have these types of problems. Like, I don't store data on a server, right? I mean, I do have backups on Dropbox, but they're on my websites and other files. 
I don't have all of these problems. And I know that each business has their own set of issues, too. So... That's where I stand with all of this. You know, if I had a dispute, it was taken care of, and I had all of my files local. It was there was no backups back then. So taking from the notes, we know that in 2018, Krebs on security wrote that everything let's see that uh, everyone in the United States can get a credit freeze for free sign up for it by calling one of the bureaus and by rule they were to pass this along to others in turn thawing or unfreezing the report was to be done the same way, either online or by phone. According to this article, there is no authentication or verification over at Experian. So, no authentication. So, if I were, let's say, Michael. Now, there's many people named Michael. So, Michael's like one of these common names. So, if I were Michael, and I wanted to, let's say, go and get James's credit freeze unthawed because I wanted to do that well according to what we're going to find out it's pretty bad <coughs> I mean it. you can't get any worse than this now the question I have for Experian, which I wrote it down this way because I'm gonna I use these notes as my guide to lead to lead a discussion. So, the, so Experian, if you happen to pick up this podcast, <clears throat> I actually have a serious question for you. Okay? You're a large company. You handle God knows how much data and you sell it, right? Don't tell me you don't sell the data. Because if you can't utilize the data that you're collecting, you're not in business. You know, all of the credit card charges and all of the, you know, auto approvals of loans and credit cards and all sorts of stuff that people may or may not use you guys you guys love that 
So here's my question I wrote for you. This insecurity is not supposed to be this way, is it? Experian? So here's here's what we're going to do. I'm going to let you ponder this question. Okay? I'm going to give experience some time to think about this. I don't think they'd ever listen to this, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to play one track. And when I come back, we're going to continue about what the article talks about. And uh, what it talks about, we actually took from the article, and this is actually true. From Orosite's Less Is More album. Here is Dress Casual. And uh, we'll be back with more on what is really going on over at this company. I'm Jared Reimer, the Security Box.
Dress casual. For or sight. <coughs> From their 2020 album, Less is More. Well, let's talk about this problem. That we've got over at Experian. So the quoted material that I took from Krebs's article is quite interesting. Dune Thomas is the guy's name. He's a software engineer from Sacramento, California, who put a freeze on his credit files last year at Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion after thieves tried to open multiple new payment accounts in his name using an address in Washington State that was tied to a vacant home for sale. But the crooks were persistent. Earlier this month, someone unfroze Thomas's account and Experian and promptly applied for new lines of credit in his name, again using the same Washington Street address Thomas said he only learned about the activity because he'd taken advantage of a freeze credit monitoring service offered by his credit card company. So, that's actually pretty good that credit card companies and things are are utilizing the fact that, you know, we as citizens cannot do this on our own. And if they can help us out and let us know what's going on, we can then call them for help or call somebody for help. It talks about in this article and I quote this request your pin there's a feature that's that's called request your pin that is available on Experian's website and how easy it is for anyone to utilize it the website makes it very easy according to the article And according to the article, only one question had anything to do with information the agency had available. And this wouldn't be so bad if the agency would learn about how to keep this this stuff safe, right? 
You want to keep people out. Since they do collect all of our data and all of this data, we don't even know what they collect. And that's that is the sad thing that we have to deal with nowadays. The 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 companies can basically go unchecked and we don't even know who they are, right? I got my credit card in 2000. And I used it, paid it off, this, that, and the other. And all three credit bureaus are getting my data now on where I go shopping. My first charge was a CD replacement over at Freedom Scientific. I believe. Whether it is or isn't, that's not the point of all of this. And as I've continued to use my card and paid for services and things I've used through the years, now they know <clears throat> that I'm an AT&T customer. And that we've got a change of address that took effect three years ago. Well, it'd be it. We'll call it three years ago. I don't have to be exact here. And. That's sort of where we are. The reason why my address changed doesn't matter, but we know that it's there. So the article, I, I quote more from the articles, Krebs on security stepped through the same process and found similar results. So here's, so here's what Brian writes on his own unfreezing of his credit file. The first question asked about new a new mortgage I supposedly took out in 2019. I didn't. And the answer was none of the above. So this is him writing now. Not me. The answer to the second question also was none of the above. The next two questions were useless for authentication purposes because they'd already been asked and answered. One was 
which of the following is the last four digits of your SSN and the other was I was born within a year or on the year of the date below only one question mattered and was relevant to my credit history and in parentheses he writes it concerned the last four digits of a checking account number really <clears throat> if I were Michael again I'm step I'm using Michael because it's such a common name if I were Michael, anybody Michael, and I wanted to do something, <clears throat> I could answer none of the abovees on the majority of them, and the one that, if I figured out which answer it really needed, I could, as Michael, anybody, do this to anybody I want. The best part about this lacks authentication, writes Brian, uh, lacks authentication process, Brian writes, is that one can enter any email address to retrieve the PIN, in all caps, PIN, long dash, it doesn't need to be tied to any existing account at Experian. Excuse me? <clears throat> Are you telling me Experian that I could make up some Michael name and put an email address on a server somewhere, go register a domain, hook it up to an account somewhere, set up an email address with that domain, set it as a forwarder to actually come to me because I wouldn't put the address in my own computer or phone <clears throat> and go through this process and screw somebody up yes I know people are going to hear this on the podcast and there are probably some people who are going to want to open their trap and start commenting and yes, I know, the server currently has no listeners live, and that's okay. People can come and go, and they can comment on what they want. I'm doing this live, and they you know, can comment later if they want. 
I can use any name I want. And I can go and unfreeze any file I want. That's very helpful. Not that I do it as anybody, but what are you trying to prove here? The article continues writing, also, when the pin is retrieved, Experian doesn't bother notifying any other email addresses already on file for that consumer. Finally, Brian writes, your basic consumer, in parentheses, read free, uh, close parentheses, accounts, and Experian does not give users the option to enable any sort of multi-factor authentication that might help uh, uh, stymie some of these pin retrieval attacks on credit freezes. Now I write, the free account, according to Brian, is not enough to do much good. Pay $15 to $25 or so, and you get the multi-factor authentication, the ability to freeze and unfreeze your credit without difficulty on any application process, and possibly more. I'm, I didn't. I'm not going to go into much more of the article. I write, let's discuss why places like Experian make money on our data without us even knowing, but yet offering no way to protect ourselves from the thieves. Really, Experian? Really, I can't believe that we are still talking about your inability to make us as secure as possible. I really don't understand what your motives are unless you don't have motives. You just want to collect data and not care. You know what I want people to do? I want people to go over to TransUnion and Equif... Well, don't go to Equifax. They're a bigger problem. Don't even go to Equifax because they're just as bad 
as Experian is. Equifax <coughs> was also breached and had security problems getting everything verified. And consumers got error pages trying to verify whether they were affected by the breach and they weren't very clean about that either. You, you can search for these types of breaches. I just I don't understand it <clears throat> what are they trying to prove here what are they trying to do Now, people will probably come through later and want to comment, and they could do so. So here's a couple of ways you can do that. If you would like to call and leave a voicemail, call 623-263-8934. And when it greets you with my name tag, press the appropriate button to leave a voicemail. I believe you have 15 minutes per voicemail. And remember to press pound and follow the prompts to submit your voicemail, as hanging up will not submit the voicemail. You can also utilize my contact information email and iMessage J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com texting or whatsapping me at 804-442-6975 this has got to be the worst Thing ever. At any company. And if the other two credit bureaus are listening to this through my podcast and they're doing the same thing. Shame on you. Just shame on you. You collect too much data. And the stores are just as bad too. I mean, they they know exactly what you buy. And I saw a story where a teenage girl was targeted for... Pregnancy things, they sent ads for pregnancy things, and the next thing the family knows, the girl is pregnant.
She probably bought a kit for a very good reason. You want to find out if you are because you did something. Maybe it was all well and good. But then the store targeted her and the family had no idea. Teenage girl. They were upset at the store about that crap. But it's not illegal to do. Retail's done this for years. But they're selling products. They're not selling necessarily your information. But what is the credit bureau selling? That's what I want to know. What are they selling? <clears throat> what are they selling and who are they selling it to? Email iMessage, J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com. Text or WhatsApp, 804-442-6975-623-263-8934. This is absolutely the worst that you can do as a company. This is the worst I've ever seen. Coming up next, Ransomware demands up by 43% so far in 2021, Coveware says. Coveware wrote a report. And uh, it isn't looking very good. And that's our next topic here on the Security Box. So, let's continue with the program here. I got another very interesting topic coming from Another article. Ransomware demands up by 43% so far in 2021, Coveware says. 
Now, the first article I read on the 26th of last month, and this one we're going to talk about, I read the very next day. And I always find these articles, and I like them, because they get very fascinating. You know, they dig into something that I don't think I hear very many podcasts talk about, including security now. So I really like talking about these articles. For example, one very fascinating thing that I found about this article, although uh, there are several of them, I guess I didn't change it here because I've said one very fascinating things I found. I think I, sh- I meant to say some. Is the payments... Well, one of them, anyways, that are asked for. So that's one of them. The payments, according to the article, is now averaged to be... That's an average. Alright, so one of them, one of the aspects that I like is, is, now I understand why I wrote it this way. One very fascinating thing about the article is the payments that are asked for. So the payments, there are several different aspects to that. The first being the average, which I just mentioned. The median payment jumped (coughs) from $49,450 to $78,398. And that is a 58% increase, according to the report that is talked about in that particular article, which will be available in our show notes. Continuing, 77% of ransomware attacks threatened to publish stolen data. And according to the article, the majority of ransomware sent during this quarter ended up involving involving stolen corporate data. So, this tells me that corporate is doing something with their servers, like storing all of this data on it and not having any type of security. And if it is, it got circumvented by some sort of attack which the employees have to be trained on, right? Your typical employee is not going to be trained on what to look for, what seems wrong. So it's not all server-related. You know, these actors can go from your email through the network to get at the data they want. They don't have to try and hack from the outside now. 
once the piece of malware they use to get in, they're already in. And they, they've gotten you by a vulnerability either in the software or by tricking you to do something. Companies in general leave all these things on servers, is what this tells me, without any regards to protecting it. Now, sure, they might have passwords on it, but that doesn't help if the actor gets in a different way or what we've talked about in the past and what's been read in the past that these databases are open because somebody found it on a server like Shodan uh, it's a website you can search for various things on it and it can tell you how many you know routers or whatever it finds if you if you know how to use it it's shodan. I believe it's io. I don't know how it works. But overall the companies don't protect this data. Like it's thrown up on a server and sort of used. You know, they use it. You know, what's your name? What's your address? You know, these call centers are across the country and they access the data through a program that is all internal, maybe. But what about protecting it from the outside? And I'm glad I have the capability of storing things on my own computer through something like Dropbox, which is protected by a username and a strong password. <coughs> And how strong are your servers if you listen and use your server for storing your data? 818-921-4976 Email or iMessage J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com Text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975 <clears throat> According to the article, over hundreds of cases, we have yet to encounter an example where paying a cyber criminal to suppress stolen data helped the victim mitigate liability or avoid business slash brand damage the company wrote in its report on the contrary paying creates a false sense of security unintended consequences and future liabilities skipping some it says the Conti Group, for instance, was attacking victims it had already targeted. A move which runs counter to an organization interested 
in getting victims to cough up ransom demands researchers found Sudino Kibi which was the most common strain found in ransomware attacks last quarter encountered technical problems in their attacks while law enforcement entities take down of NetWalker infrastructure apparently ground those operations to a halt. Now we talked about Sodino Kibi. Security Now has talked about Sodino Kibi. These guys said they were going to retire under one name brought themselves back as this and it just really took off and I don't know what the solution is I mean as soon as we take these guys down there's always new ones and so I don't know how you protect yourself from something like this except to use your own judgment you get an email that says we need you to pay this because of this that or the other you gotta think about it you know what is this And the last paragraph of the quoted material is of interest because I did cover it as part of my podcast in the past. Whether it was this program, the security box, or the main program. And I just found a mistake. I didn't space. Oops. According to the article, it indicates that there's still issues tackling these gangs and I bet you that you can tell me what the reasons are and here are some other stats average downtime after a ransomware attack goes up 10% to 23 days I don't know if I really agree with that because I've heard stories of weeks for companies to to regain access, but okay. Ransomware gangs in general have switched up their tactics and increased their targets to include the professional sectors, including but not limited to law firms and Klopp which is another ransomware gang has been very active this year in 2021 but the previous quarter did not compare for this gang as it did not make the top 10 
And there's probably more that we didn't cover in this segment. And you can check out the show notes for the article. If you want to comment on this, you may. My phone number is 818-921-4976. I will take your calls and we'll see what you have to say. But ransomware is now up 43%. That's just absolutely amazing. That was close to the end of the article anyway, and I didn't... You know, I'm not going to read these articles, but I'm highlighting in notation form and letting people know what is out there. I, I find these very, very fascinating, these articles. It always ceases to amaze me every time I read something like that. Like, I, my question is, are you kidding me? 818 4976 is my number if you would like to uh, call me live. If you're listening on the podcast, 818-921-4976 can still be used, but you'll talk to me off air. You can drop your messages through email or iMessage J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com text or WhatsApp 804-442-6975 and uh, if you would rather leave a voice message using the traditional telephone you can to uh, 623 Two six three eight nine three four. But I, I think that article is worth talking about. It, it does give you some idea of what's happening in the industry, and of course, what the challenges are. And that's always a good thing to know. I. Don't expect everything to be perfect. Not in, not in this field. But the problem that we have is that there's more of this than we can handle. And as you can see, once we take down one gang and, and interfere its operation, somebody else is uh, definitely going to take advantage of that and sweep up the uh, people that don't uh, have any idea of what the hell is going on. That's one reason why I figured instead of doing this in podcast form, which I'm capable of doing each week, um, I would... You know, like to invite listeners to listen and learn and comment and ask questions because the general public doesn't really know what's going on around here in regards to some of this. So that's why I've decided that it is of importance that we go about 
showing you what's out there. Again, if you would like to comment, you can, 818-921-4976. If you're listening to this later on the podcast, and you've come and gone, I saw that we did have at least one up when we started this section of the program. But if you happen to listen to this on the podcast and you decide that you want to comment, you can. Email an iMessage, J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com. Text or WhatsApp, 804-442-6975. And if you'd rather use the traditional phone line, call my Livewire number, 623-263-8934. And when the system answers, press the option to leave a voicemail. And... Uh, you can leave up to a 15, I believe, a 15-minute message. And you can go from there. Just a programming note. Um, if you are interested in my independent shows I will not be broadcasting this weekend May 8th and May 9th I am scheduled to get my first COVID shot and uh, while I'm not too thrilled about getting a shot that is going to necessarily get me sick uh, seems like there are some complications and we're just going to have to deal so, uh, I will not be broadcasting then or on the weekend of the second shot. So, that's where we are. Well, let's step into a little bit of news notes now. And um, I don't have a whole lot, but at the same time, you should check out the show notes for news items. I did put two items in here which uh, will be uh, linked. And I hope to try and get back into uh, getting uh, proper news notes up and uh, trying to get back into some sort of sort of normalcy around here. I got uh, tied up with some other stuff as the live wire, of course, went to a paid system. We talked about that on this program. And so there were a lot of questions and I helped do some moderating. So... There was a lot of time spent, but I'm going to try and get myself back into the swing of things, and uh, we're going to try and get some good news notes going. So, since this is more open, if you want to comment on anything I'm reading, then uh, let's do that. From Sands News Bites Top News 
from the newsletter that was May 3rd. Here's Here are the headlines. I read some of these. I didn't read any specific articles, but I read commentary and things. Some of them I get through CyberScoop, so uh, we'll see how it goes. But here's the headlines. NSA guidance on improving operational technology cybersecurity. Microsoft researcher find memory allocation vulnerabilities in IoT and OT devices. For those who aren't aware, <coughs> OT is operational technology and IoT, of course, we know <coughs> as Internet of Things. So we're now having issues with Internet of Things and operational technology. Pulse Secure releases fix for a critical flaw that is being actively exploited. Apple releases iOS 14.5.1 to fix zero-day flaws. So on the heels of 14.5, which was just released, uh, I believe this past month, they're releasing a point one. And this is good for Apple. According to what I've read in regards to that, Apple <coughs> should get into a patch cycle similar to Windows and other software, which tends to be the second Tuesday of each month. And don't forget, um, after the second Tuesday of each month, we will pick and talk about uh, some of the items that might affect you in regards to Windows Update uh, for the month of May. And that will more than likely happen the third week of the month. So uh, there we go. So that's the end of top news. We do have other news from SANS. SAP, SAP, will pay millions in penalties after vulnerability disclosure software exploit violations. Whoops. I'm sorry. It says after voluntarily disclosing software export violations. All right, so the headline again is SAP will pay millions in penalties after voluntarily disclosing software export violations. I don't know. I don't think I've read that one. At least five U.S. federal agencies <clears throat> possibly breached through Pulse Secure vulnerability again is this a, 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 a potential I'm not saying it is and I'm not saying it isn't but could this be another type of solar winds attack I, I'm not about to say that it is but just reading that headline makes me wonder 
if the possibility is there for potential problems. Chinese hackers infiltrate Russian submarine defense contractor. Oops. Well, don't forget that the Chinese and the Russians are pretty much uh, neck on neck on who's like out there and who's the baddest apple out there. So maybe they're just getting a taste of their own medicine. Codeco, C-O-D-E-C-O-V, notifying customers affected by supply chain attack. Well, at least they're notifying their customers about it. What about everybody that was involved in SolarWinds? Uh, Nobody was notified. I mean, it was such a big deal that everybody kept their trap shut. Like, what good was that going to be? Uh, Probably didn't last very long. Hewlett Packard Enterprise releases fix for critical vulnerability in Edge Line Infrastructure Manager. If you're running that, you better pay attention. I don't. I have an HP machine, but that's all. Scripps Health suffers cyber attack. Just another healthcare agency. Swiss cloud hosting provider hit with ransomware attack. And that's all from cyber from uh, SANS. And I only have one other item which I picked up this morning that I saw way back in April and decided to read it this morning. Um, and so this is the only other item I have which, which I could open up the phone lines for. Reading an article from April 26th, Michael sent this over dealing with Clubhouse, and we know that Clubhouse is only available on iOS. And they did say this past Sunday that uh, they are going to be working on their Android version, and they've got a prototype to some Android users. And so, if you see Android people on there, uh, it's not an official release, but they are. Working on getting the app to Android. While the bug that was talked about in the article explained in the article entitled Ghosted, a clubhouse bug let people lurk in rooms invisibly is fixed the researcher Katie Mosaurus talks about how she was able to log in with a second iPhone which logs out the first well that's all well and good it's similar to how Livewire works right 
you call in on a second device and Livewire goes, I only want one login at a time. So it kicks you out. And oops, I just realized that I just screwed up the uh, underlining on here. I wanted the article title underlined and it didn't do that. Oh well. I had some technical problems this week with the notes, folks. Reading on, the problem <clears throat> is that it didn't completely log her out. And she was <coughs> still able to talk to the party she was talking to and explains that uh, in, in the Ars Technica article linked within the show notes that it could have been much worse if a true attacker was able to do this or something more technical. I want to see something. Did I just see Ars Technica? I did. Ars Technica should not be with an ST sign. But I didn't want to put it in grade one either. Uh, I'll have to check the spelling on... on uh, Maybe I'll have to put it as two words there. Wow. I've been on Clubhouse for a while, never seen this, but... This article says it has since been released as a fix. So you should not have any issues. And it took them time over at Clubhouse to fix it. And they explain in the article what was going on. Found something you'd like to cover? I want you to get in touch. And we look forward in hearing from you on what interests you. This isn't about just me. It's about hearing what other people want to talk about. And yes, Michael <clears throat> sent that to me back in April. But again, it, it was a busy April. So I'm going to go through his stuff and either blog or put it in news notes. Because I think what he sends me is some good stuff. We got some password stuff too and a, and a whole lot more. Again, if you want to comment, you can. 818-921-4976. And if, you're, if you've come and gone and you want to leave comments on this, you can email iMessage, J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R -E -E at 986themix.com, text or WhatsApp. 804-442-6975 and um, six two three two six three eight nine three four. 
Well, since people have come and gone today, <clears throat> which is perfectly fine, that's how it goes some days, I'm going to go ahead and call this a show. Um, I could go into a topic I really wanted to get into, but I think my intention is to just keep going, and if uh, I don't have any big topics and I think everything should be news, then uh, we'll pick up DKIM from Podcast 37. I don't think that this show will be affected by my... uh, my uh, shot my understanding is that I may be down a day or two but I'll be working to get some topics and if not maybe I'll just go back to DKIM and we'll see what Well, may, maybe we'll just cover stuff in news notes and uh, do it that way I hope everybody has enjoyed what they've heard on today's program. Uh, I don't have anything else in my news notes file, so since I don't see anybody up, I'm going to call it a show. Again, people can come and go, and, and that's all well and good. You can catch it on the podcast. And I'll be getting out notes and all kinds of stuff, and we'll try and get things back up and running here. We're going to play two songs. Yumi Kurosawa from the uh, album Beginning of a Journey. I want to go in there. Thank you. Here's a track called One Girl's Story. This is a 2012 album, and we'll also end with our normal track by Queen from the Greatest Hits album, The Years Unknown. That's going to be Another One Bites the Dust. I will end up replaying this podcast when it's aired. So the full podcast will be Uh, aired at some point within the next two days. I don't know when. I'm not necessarily going to announce it. Uh, So just listen out for it. I may be able to tweet out if I schedule it in advance, but we'll just have to see. Again, no shows for the Independent Artist Spotlight and Show this week. Uh, I will be hopefully back next week, but the security box should be back next week. So stay tuned for it. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Stay safe. Stay well. And let's all try and get vaccinated. So we can try and get back into some sort of normalcy.
Goodbye, everybody. Sound with the sound of speed, machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey.
Another one bust the dust, hey, hey! Another one bust the dust, hey! 